0: we <laughs>
1: bit of a work by Nikki Harlofty. It's called Vasso Fantôme, or Ghost Ship. And if you are enjoying hearing that piece as much as I am, and are kind of annoyed that I faded it down, don't worry. I'm going to come back and play it in its entirety, because I find that piece to be quite fascinating. The ensemble there is Noise. They are a saxophone quartet based in Chicago, and this is from their debut album. It's called Is This Noise? Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. Really excited to be able to do a new releases show uh, today. This used to be kind of the easiest show that I would do in the old days of Relevant Tones. I think the hardest part was just that we got so much music. We got CDs and digital releases, I mean, a you know, hundred or more easily a month. And so the, the trick was just, digging through all of that and finding the things that you wanted to present. But of course, these days, uh, music releases have slowed down to a trickle. So I'm just excited to have really, really great music to be able to share on the program today. We're going to hear some music from, uh, third coast percussion, from noise, of course, from pianist, composer, Amy Wirtz, and from composer, Sonny Nabel. And I was able to talk with all of my guests on the program today, starting with noise.
2: We were all still master's students at Northwestern. And uh, we had our first year together, which went really well. Um, we won like a competition that we'd entered, we'd only been around for like three weeks and we won this like Chicago Woodwind Ensemble competition, which was gave us some a little cash and, and good feelings. And then we placed silver at the fish shop competition in 2017. And so kind of around that time we thought, well, like, we'd already felt really good and we, we wanted to, we'd already done a little tour actually, and we thought like let's keep going and let's like do this thing for real, so we booked our debut Chicago concert, uh, Constellation, um, on the Frequency series there that Peter Margusek, uh curates and we decided that we were going to do an all Chicago composers concert, all Chicago saxophone music. We gave that concert in November of 17, 2017 and it went really well. And our teacher at the time, Tamar Sullivan was there and he came up to us afterwards and was like, you guys should just like record that concert. That should be your first album. And we were like, yeah, cool. You know, so that way you're like, yeah, maybe I don't know if we're ready for that yet or not. But then we just started talking about it and we were like, well, we definitely want to put an album out. And that sounds like a really cool thing to do actually, to have like a a hometown debut album, you know, like all Chicago for a Chicago group.
1: That's Brandon Quarles from the saxophone quartet, Noise, talking about how this album came to be. The album, again, is called Is This Noise? And I like that title so much, I stole it for the title of my podcast today. With permission, of course. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to talk to the other members of Noise, but let's have some music. Let's return to that wonderful piece by Nikki Harlofti and hear it in its entirety. Here is Noise to perform Vasso Fantôme. Thank you. What a mood the composer Nikki Harlofti sets in this piece. She has a great ear for harmony as well, but there isn't just one mood, is there? There's more than one mood. I think what she's doing, if I'm not mistaken, is a kind of juxtaposition of time or states of being. The ship is at one point Towards the beginning of the piece, full of people. The music is more riotous. It's more outgoing. To me, that's the partying of the passengers, the people who used to populate the ship at one time. But then the ship is empty. The piece is called Vaisseau Fantôme, or Ghost Ship. And so we have these incredible eerie harmonies and this wonderful mood she sets. I think that ending to me particularly is amazing. That's the ship. It's empty adrift on the high seas, as it were. Uh, nobody but the rats. <laughs> really great piece, uh, great performance by the saxophone quartet, Noise. This is from their debut album, Is This Noise? And I asked the group's tenor saxophonist, Jordan Luloff to tell me more about how the group came to be.
3: A piece by our friend Matthew uh, is on that record. And that was actually the first piece that was ever uh, written for us that we ever worked with a composer on. Uh, so during our first year at Northwestern, uh, in the spring quarter, um, there was a class that was taught by Hans Tamala and Claire Chase um, from the International Contemporary Ensemble who came on in and it was a weekly class for two hours and performers were paired with composers Matthew was paired with us and so that piece um, that piece kind of spawned from that, that collaboration well not kind of it, it did spawn from that collaboration and we would work on that piece once a week with him uh, for hours and then it was the first piece, uh, first piece that we premiered um as as a group together so we knew that one wanted to be on the show on the show as well and then uh beyond that the other two commissions that were on the show craig and nikki um they were just two friends of ours at northwestern and we had been talking back and forth about um about having them write us a piece so they were kind of they were kind of the obvious next steps for the next pieces that that we were going to premiere so
1: with the commission pieces i mean especially matthew's piece you guys are like workshopping it as he's writing it
3: right Janos, actually, you'd be great to talk about this.
4: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> that's I think that's part of the reason that the, um, the collaboration was so special is there was a lot of back and forth. Matthew actually um, is sort of like a, he handwrote the whole score. It's um, I wouldn't call it a graphic score, but there's sort of some graphical elements to it, and so it was all on this like big scroll. So every week or two, maybe we would get together, and he'd bring in his his big exciting scroll of, of uh, his most updated score, and and yeah, we'd workshop some ideas and um, and discovered a lot of new. I mean, maybe not new things, but new for us at least, and um, uh, it, it sort of pushed our limits of of what we thought we could do. Like there's, there's parts where I'm playing like, these crazy double altissimo C's and like matching a really high note on the soprano, um, stuff that you don't really hear baritone sax do very often. And um, then doing that like while flutter tonguing and that sort of thing. And um, a lot of stuff that when he asked us to do it, I was like, hmm, that's probably not possible, but we ended up actually achieving some, some pretty cool and unique sounds just by sort of being willing to try these things out. And I think that uh, that sort of gave us, a, um, gave us the confidence to do that in all our future collaborations too. Just always like, even if we think something's not, not gonna work, like giving something a chance, right? I know as a composer myself, I will write anything that I think of, even if I
1: think it's impossible for that exact reason. If I know who I'm writing for, they're like, well, this isn't possible. And I'm like, I know, but here's what I'm thinking. And we meet somewhere in the middle, you know, like, like, but I want this effect. I want this sound. Um, And and I think that's a really interesting push-pull from your perspective as performers, um, I mean, how do you feel about it? Because some performers are just like, I hate this. I can't. I can't be done. You know, they're just immediately negative, and it sounds like you guys have a more positive aspect. Like maybe we can we can find a way to make this happen, or at least get near what you want.
4: Definitely, I, I think that's something we we think about a lot. And yeah, my sort of mantra with that is to is to doubt myself before I doubt the the composer. Right. Like if they're asking for something crazy, I wanna I wanna give it a shot. Um, and uh, I think you can always and even if it's not like something you're comfortable doing. Oftentimes, like the composer that might be what the composer wants. Anyway, maybe it's like a weird, uncomfortable sound or like um, something that's not idiomatic. um, But uh, sometimes that's sort of what the composer is looking for. And uh, I think sometimes you have to sort of separate yourself from like, you know, maybe sounding really pretty or something like that, just so you can achieve what what uh, what kind of sound that they're trying to to get out of your instrument. I was
1: just thinking of the Rite of Spring, right? With the bassoon solo and Stravinsky wanted it to be gnarly. And then they, you know, bassoon players mastered it within like a decade. And he was like, no, I would have put it on the oboe if I wanted
2: it to be beautiful. It's meant to be gnarly. <laughs> but... Yeah, totally. That's a great example, actually. I always think about the opening of Matthew's piece like that, like the Rite of Spring, because it's still the highest note that I've ever seen Written down for a baritone saxophone to play, like on, like a, like hey, play this note, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's crazy.
1: Let's hear it. This is Apertures by Matthew Arellan. Uh... Yeah. piece by Matthew O'Rellan called Apertures uh, performed by Noise off of their debut album Is This Noise? love that title Apertures referring to any opening uh, in photography an opening that emits light is an aperture. It's also part of the saxophone technique so clever title for the piece there. Let's turn to music now for The Bassoon by my friend Sonny Nabel. Uh, Sonny was all set to do a CD release party at uh, Carnegie Hall in in March and uh, well it didn't work out but the CD is out it's called Songs of the Redwood Tree and uh, I never personally would have thought that I would be this into an album for uh, the bassoon (laughs) but what can I say I'm I'm into it it's pretty great stuff. So let's hear from Sonny
5: how the project began. This project started in 2012 with the first piece and I started recording it in 2013 and you know little by little. I was putting together an album and didn't quite know it yet. And uh, so really it was it was a long very long term project. So to get all the way to that point where Finally, I have all my ducks in a row and I'm, I I have Carnegie Hall booked, and um, I was very excited and then to have the rug pulled out from under me right before it was uh, it was amazing. I mean, I, I'm sure. Hopefully that never happens again, but um, what can you do? You just throw your hands up in the air and say, well, that wasn't meant to be, and we'll do something else like it later.
1: I love that description where you say, like, if you had asked me ten years ago what my next, what my second album was going to be, you know, I would have thought it was going to be this this grand thing. Um, so, I mean, you're kind of saying in a way that, like, you know, it may seem like um, an album of bassoon music is, is like not as not all that ambitious, but in many ways it really is, right? I mean, it, it you know, and it came about kind of accidentally. But um, I guess you know, when did you realize you had that you weren't just writing bassoon music, that you, you were making a a, a comprehensive project?
5: It turned into a bassoon CD by, by accident. I should, I should say album because the majority of people were, are probably streaming it, but, um, you know, it didn't start, it didn't start like that. I mean, I think, I don't know if, you know, I know many composers have different places where they start in terms of inspiration, but for me, it starts with the performer. And, uh, you know, I have these heroes in my life, you know, Richard Chanka was one of the first with my piano professor, who commissioned a big piece. And that turned into my first album, American Variations. Uh, another big hero was his wife, Natsuki Fukasawa, uh, who commissioned a number of pieces. And then she turned me on to this amazing bassoonist, Scott Poole. And these, you know, all these heroes in my life keep coming back to me and saying, we'd love, love you to write this or that. And um, it really started, started with that idea, this very odd instrumentation of, of soprano, bassoon, and piano. Which just to say it out loud, it sounds odd and it takes you a moment to, uh, you know, well, let me just think about that. Is that possible? Is that a good idea? And um, you know, like I say in my notes, it took me a while to find the reason for being until I stumbled on the, the um, Walt Whitman um, Song of the Redwood Tree, which felt like uh, was some material I really loved and I could I could, you know, take... I love Walt women in, in that way, he's very direct, and he's very musical, and um, I mean it seems almost very it's, it's poetry that you don't have to read into a lot. It just hits you over the head. it's kind of American that way. you know it's not the most subtle. <laughs> but um, I felt like I could I could take those ideas and, and uh, paint a lot of different types of colors and pictures. so I mean and then this piece that came out and um, you know, I wasn't intending this or that. I just wanted to write write my best piece that I could at that point. And then I came out, and I felt very proud of it. It was it was published, um, performed by a number of pr- performers. And you know, I, I think um, as a creator, a composer, you know, you, like you said, you you don't really have control sometimes of what it is that happens, and you just go with what is given to you and it turns out that I didn't know I loved Bassoon until I wrote for it, and then I keep writing for it, and it keeps leading to another project, and, you know, a few years later, it turns into an album. Let's jump in. This is Song of the Redwood Tree. We're going to hear the first movement to
1: California song. Scott Poole, Bassoon. Stephanie Izzo, soprano. Natsuki Fukasawa, piano. Music of Sonny Nabel. That's the first track on a new album by Sonny Nabel. It's called Song of the Redwood Tree, and we heard the first movement, a California song. All of the poetry for that piece is by Walt Whitman. We heard Scott Poole, bassoon, Stephanie Izzo, soprano, and Natsuki Fukusawa, piano. Maybe it does sound like a strange instrumentation, as Sonny said, bassoon, soprano, piano, but I think it's very, very beautiful music. The whole album is fantastic. Again, it's called Song of the Redwood Tree, music of Sonny Nabel using the bassoon in several different combinations. Really a fantastic album. Let's turn to Third Coast Percussion, a group that I think has been busier than ever while in quarantine, finding really inventive ways to communicate and put music out there. Had a great chance to chat with founding member Rob Dillon
6: it is a hard time to feel like what people need is, is to be challenged. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But at the same time, you know, I think people want to be drawn into something. They want to be surprised. They want to be taken uh, somewhere different. You know, I think there's some level. Yeah. I I think that is going to be our big question for the next at least three to six months and maybe for a very long time is sort of what, what can art offer people? Because I think art plays an important role in in navigating that emotional difficulty that folks are having and are going to continue to have, um, and sort of mental and emotional health um, when when you're dealing with something like this. But it's hard to think art. It's hard for art to be like a prescription. You know, it it's, mm-hmm. it's it can't be like you know, take two of these and <laughs> and call me in the morning. But it's uh, but somehow figuring out how to make art, and also like ways to present the art that is gonna really be the most meaningful for people right now and what people need. Um, that's, I think that's our challenge for for a while.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about your your latest release. Uh, oh quarterly. yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. So yeah, how did that project come around? Yeah, totally. So we, uh, we met Ryan Lott, the composer of that piece, um, I believe 2016, we played at a festival in the Netherlands called Crosslinks. Um, that was sort of cross genre, uh, lots of different kinds of artists playing shows in four different cities in the Netherlands. And Ryan was there with, uh, with his band, Sunlux, which is a really awesome trio that just, they just do the most, it's really beautifully crafted and powerful and um, surprising and, and, and awesome music. But um, Ryan has a classical background also and um, has composed concert works before as well as a lot of uh, music for dance. You know, we just got interested in doing something together, reached out to him after that festival um, and asked if he had any interest in writing a piece for a percussion quartet. And he was, he was really excited. He had a lot of ideas that um, he was really excited to explore that seemed really beautifully suited to a percussion quartet, which is like, that's our favorite kind of commission is when a composer, You know, not just that we like their music, which, uh, you know, we always want to go in liking the person's previous work, but um, that they have a concept they really want to try out, something they're really curious about as an artist uh, that is suited to a percussion quartet. So he composed for us. um, We premiered this piece, I think around the end of 2017. Um, He wrote us this piece, a multi-movement piece uh, called Quartered. And the two sort of big things he was playing around with, um, one, were just really particular unique sound worlds. And so each movement is a very specific set of instruments. And he had initially just named the movements, what the instruments were. So it was a movement that he had just written top of the score, he wrote glass bottles. <laughs> and each of us had one or two or three glass bottles we were playing on. Um, and he came to our studio, it was something we do with all composers. We're always workshopping, people come to the studio, we're pulling stuff off the shelf, they're trying things, they're finding sounds that really speak to them. So he'd written for specific glass bottles that were particular pitches we had um, that, that he'd found in our collection or, you know, these wooden planks in another movement or some specific sort of set of bells in um, So that was sort of one of the things that's creating these very, very unique and very evocative sound worlds. And the other thing was um, playing around with um, sort of asynchronous tempos. Um, and and he, the sort of method he, he used for doing this, he created uh, click tracks for the whole piece. Each of us has our own individual click tracks. So it's four separate click tracks Um, you know essentially like a custom metronome Um, but each of our click tracks is different Uh, sometimes they're the same for a while um, but because we each have our own and they're synced up in a very particular way he could do some things that we would never be able to do live so he can have one person speeding up or two people speeding up together at the same rate while other people are staying at the old tempo Um, or each of us in a completely different tempo but things line up every 47 measures or something you know um so there's so that there's certain points of unity even though there's this sort of bubbling a polyrhythmic texture underneath
1: that's rob dylan a founding member of third coast percussion talking about their collaboration with ryan lott on this piece called quartered the piece is in nine parts i i I don't have time to play them all uh so i'm going to play a couple of my favorites personally part one part four and part eight here's third coast percussion tracks from quartered a collaboration between third coast percussion and composer sound artist all around interesting musician ryan lot so check out that album it's on bandcamp itunes google you name it everywhere fine music is sold okay the last uh people i want to feature today are composer and pianist amy wurtz and cellist allison berger they are the wurtzberger duo and they just put out a piece by amy called songs and dances and as I tend to do, I was able to chat with them about this piece. Amy, let's talk about your piece. So, the this, um, songs and dances. Did you write this for you and Allison, or was it a pre existing piece?
7: Oh, no, I definitely wrote it for Allison and I for the Ear Taxi Festival. It was commissioned actually by the festival. Yeah, I wrote it, um, I had always from the beginning, like literally like 20 years ago, I've always been wanting to write for cello and piano. My composition teacher at the time discouraged me because it was such a challenge because of the register of the cello. Um, but that didn't stop me. I wrote solo cello stuff. Um, Allison's never seen that. I wrote it when I was like 20. Um, <laughs> uh, but so to finally write a piece for cello and piano was like very satisfying. And um, I also really liked the form. There's actually another actually a number of other pieces called songs and dances um some of them for cello and piano and it was kind of very it was a form but it was a really free form and so it kind of had the best of both worlds um and it was kind of um a little bit of personal inspiration there you know i was going through stuff in my personal life that definitely made its way into the music um we we both were so it was really (laughs) it was really cathartic to play it and (laughs) yeah we were both going through similar sorry yes (laughs) yeah and you know there's nothing that can compare i mean you know this as a composer to be working with the performer when they tell you well this doesn't work so well or this would be better because definitely the piece got changed in the rehearsal and performance of it we've made some adjustments and um added to it definitely by hearing Allison's feedback on a regular basis. Um, Yeah, and compositionally-wise, it starts out with a four-note chord, and those four notes are kind of fundamental to the harmony of the piece, and that comes back, so there's like a kind of a a return to those sounds at the beginning of each section, because there's some are songs, some are dances, And then the opening material that's like an introduction comes back later on in the piece. Um, So to me, that's what I use to unify the piece as a whole.
1: Okay, let's hear part of this piece. We'll hear a dance and then we'll hear a song. Again, the piece is called Songs and Dances. It's by Amy Wurtz. This is off of a new album called Cello Dances at Night, the Wurtzberger Duo. Amy Wurtz on piano, Allison Berger on cello. So we're gonna hear Songs and Dances number two, Spitfire, that's a dance, and Songs and Dances number three, Hurt, that's a song. Here is the Wurtzberger Duo to perform. beautiful music by Amy Wurtz. The piece is called Hurt. It's from her piece Songs and Dances, and before that we heard Spitfire. This is her duo, the Wurtzberger duo, Allison Berger on cello, Amy Wurtz on piano, and the album is called Cello Dances at Night. So that takes us to the end of our program today. Again, the four albums that I featured on the program today is This Noise by uh, the ensemble saxophone quartet Noise, and then Songs of the Redwood Tree by Sonny Nabel, quartered by third coast percussion and cello dances at night it's fantastic to see new music coming out even during our pandemic here i hope that people are able to continue to find ways to be creative to communicate with others i think it's more important now than ever and i hope you'll tune in to the next relevant tones episode which will feature music inspired by jorge luis borges for relevant tones i'm seth bostead stay safe out there